Welcome to our first episode of Birth Basics, and it's a really fun episode because I've included some unique birth stories and the background and experiences I've had as a midwife and a childbirth educator, and I guarantee there's going to be some things on this that you've never heard before. Welcome to Birth Basics with Heather Mall. This is my first podcast, and I want to make it real simple and fun and entertaining. I decided to call it Who, What, and Why. The who is me, Heather Mall, and I'm a retired midwife of 36 years. I'm not going to tell you how old I am because I'm really old. Maybe I'll tell you later, but I don't know. I was a home birth midwife for many years. And I was trained by an English midwife who came to the area to help out with this whole growing movement back in the 70s of people interested in having a more personalized birth experience. And so they decided to look at doing home births. And then I became a childbirth educator in 1973. And I was the first Bradley natural childbirth educator in the Palo Alto Bay area. And... It was a wild time because there was a lot of questioning about how labors were going. And in fact, it was even during a time when husbands were not being allowed in the delivery room. And women were put into labor rooms by themselves and had to give birth by themselves, along with obviously the help from their doctor and nurses. But husbands were known to be staying at home waiting for the phone call. And that wasn't quite the way people wanted it to be. And so there was even (laughs) people that were actually uh, handcuffing themselves to the delivery table or the labor room table so that they weren't excluded from the birth. I have a lot of stories to tell. I have a lot of experiences that I've, you know, achieved during this time of my life. And um, I've decided to create a series of podcasts just to share the human part of what I went through with my lifetime. After I earned my uh, BA degree in college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And it came with my first birth experience myself where the the, the childbirth teacher that, that taught me my birth class, decided I should be a childbirth educator. And I already had a BA degree, and I was going to be a high school teacher, but I decided to do that instead. And so I was able to just sit down and start creating a birth class after my training. And people started showing up, and I had my newborn daughter in my arms while I taught the class, not to add credibility, but because that was just the way I did it. And the birth classes became quite an adventure because I had to change as my expectant parents changed in what they wanted. When I was teaching birth classes, I decided I should go to more births because I needed more experience. And this was like 30, oh my gosh, 30 years ago. 
And so I started going to some of the births with the people, and I began to see what was needed in their preparation to get through the birth. And the actual experiences I had were amazing because no two births were the same. And I did this career for, my gosh, 36 years. And the interesting thing about it is that it wasn't the birth experience itself that kept me interested. I mean, after you see about five deliveries, you kind of got it. You know what birth is about. And you know what, what happens. And, and it's a wonderful, amazing experience. But what really had me intrigued was the effect on the relationship, the actual relationship between the couple. And what was I seeing that was an innate weakness, perhaps, in that relationship that would reveal its ugly head while they were trying to get through what I call the most challenging and most, I don't want to use the word terrifying, but it's a stressful experience that you have to get through together. And people had their ways of, of, of dealing with it or not dealing with it. And so I began to incorporate different material into my classes to help address that. The husbands were brought to class, and I say they were brought to class because you could see them kind of coming in looking very uncomfortable, and I never forget the one guy who stuffed a pillow under his shirt as he was walking in the door, because you're supposed to bring pillows, you know, to the birth class to practice and all that, and they'd make jokes, and they'd, you know, sit there and look kind of like, what am I doing here, and do I really have to do this, and how am I going to be there, and... and it was good, though, because I, they got involved, and then they began to see how they might be able to help. And what I realized with a lot of these guys is they, they just want to be told, look, make it simple. Tell me what to do, how to do it, when to do it. I'm fine. I'm going to go out and work on my motorcycle, and I'll call me later. And yet their wife is busily you know, reading books and putting little yellow stickies in the books and all the sections they want him to read. And, you know, they may want to do that and may not want to do that. So it's almost like when you're preparing a couple, you need to talk to each member of the team differently. The guys, no fluff. Just say it. Okay, good. That's what I'm going to do. Fine. I'm ready. Just tell me what to do. Women, I found, were more interested in the process and the emotional aspect of it and the nurturing aspect of it and how they could create this experience you know that it would be memorable and and um that's an oversimplification of all this but i find that when i created my birth classes i made them simple and to the point the births i went to added a rich addition to my experiences so that i could talk about the different ways that um, births were different from one another. They never were the same. And then I watched the evolution of the content of childbirth websites and educational platforms and all of that. And it's almost like today we have so much information. So it's like the sea of waving hands. Everyone's waving, trying to interest you in something to buy or something unique or something different. But, you know, basically there is a basic theme that's simple it's what i call the normal model of birth 
And it's the same no matter where in the world or who it is or what woman goes through. It's the same exact physical process of giving birth to a baby. But the information that we have in our environment, there's so much information and so much to think about that what's missing is if you don't have the normal model of birth and the basics of that to compare it to, you don't really know what you need to know or what you don't need to know, what's vital, what's important, what's necessary, all these different categories of information. Because you're in, the middle of, in the midst of all this, I find that we're being asked to make decisions about how you want this birth to go. And yet if you don't have the normal model of birth to compare it to, how do you evaluate the information you're reading. Let me give you an example. Pain in childbirth. Okay, we all hear about that and how bad it is and how hard it is. And, you know, and, and I, I hear people say things that I wanted to slap them because it's really unfair um, to scare an expectant woman about how painful it's all going to be. If you see movies, of course, that's always talked about, about how how the woman has one contraction. Everybody in the room panics. They throw on the back of a motorcycle, you know, or scooter. That's one, which movie that was? I don't remember. But it 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 makes it look like you have three contractions. You're in the hospital. You're screaming, being pushed down the the gurney, and you're in the delivery room, and you're screaming, and you're screaming, and out of control. And that's that's some kind of a model of birth that I see repeatedly in movies. But what is that really, really? What is that really missing? It's missing the actual true experience of a birth and how long it really takes and how long you have mild contractions and how do you know if you really are in labor and if you're not in labor yet, you don't go screaming to the hospital. You just don't do that. Um, Is every single contraction painful? No, it's not. It's not all pain. Hours can go by and they're very manageable and they have a, a certain way of progressing that's it's very understandable how you work with that so i found early in my career that what was needed is this clear stable unchanging description of what a normal birth really is and then you are able to take your own viewpoint and your own education and align it around that one model of birth. I hope this makes sense. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to describe something here that's taken me years to, to uh, develop. But um, what I learned was that people are willing to do the right thing, but they have to have the critical and stable information to be able to... Um, understand it and then work with it and then make choices for themselves about how they want this to go. I decided to make a um, program that could be used globally. In other words, any woman anywhere in the world has the same physical process she has to go through. And the shift of attention that I went through when I was working in this field, because, oh my gosh, why did I keep doing it? I mean, 36 years, give me a break. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot of lost sleep. And it wasn't the process of birth itself that I found fascinating. It was the 
the effect of this experience on a relationship and then how creative were people and the techniques that they used on how to deal with this relationship. And then I observed marriages that were really working and marriages that were really already in trouble. The whole concept, you know, of, of people having a baby in order to fix their marriage, that isn't going to work, I don't think. I think it's not, it's kind of should be the other way around. But what kept me fascinated was how to be creative in supporting couples in this birth process so that they could meet the challenges of this experience and successfully deal with them. So I went to maybe, I don't know, 900 births over the 36 years of time that I spent as a midwife and I also worked as a doula, which was a uh, step down from being a midwife, but in hospitals, they, I, the doctor would be delivering the baby. And I also maybe taught over, I don't know, 18,000 expectant parents. Holy smokies. You know, that's a lot of stuff. But what I loved about it was adjusting my way of describing this to the group in front of me in a way where they begin to brighten them up and they begin to feel like they relax. They start to relax and they start to look more confident. So I'm going to be creating these series of podcasts that are on specific topics that are going to include what seems to be the topics that interested the couples the most. I could tell by how they would change when I would stand in front of this class of maybe, I don't know, there's usually about 18 couples in there. And, um, the information I'm going to be sharing through all these podcasts is what I learned that's beyond just the physical limitations of what was going on and then how to explain the processes to, to you so you understand why does labor hurt, but when does it hurt and why does it hurt? Because if you understand the reasons behind things, then you have a reason to do it. And also being able to compare what having a baby feels like in your normal everyday activities. Like, let me give you a little bit of an example. Like, uh, um, what's happening in a birth is the cervix or the opening of the uterus has to stretch open. And the stretching feels like, let me have you do something in your spare time. You can sit down on the floor and kind of widen your legs and then lean forward and you can feel the stretching ache of your muscles of your inner thigh that's stretching and it's, it's uncomfortable. And the harder you move forward or the more you lean forward, the more it kind of hurts, right? Well, that, that sensation of those stretching ligaments is very similar to the stretching of the cervix as it opens. And the other part of this that makes things manageable is the fact that it isn't that way the whole labor. Contractions come every two or three minutes. Between that, you don't feel anything. Does anybody ever talk about that when they tell you how painful it all is and how rough it all is or how you see in movies, you know, where they're screaming and yelling and all that kind of stuff? Um, it really gives birth a bad rap, you know? So the actual... Um, purpose became 
I was helping people with their relationship and how to work together during this stressful time. And the actual weaknesses that I observed in relationships, well, I became a life coach later after I retired as a midwife and I worked on relationships for seven years. And there's some, there's some amazing stories that stand out in my mind that I love to share. One was this poor husband. He just could not, could not deal with um, the, the, the way his wife was talking to him during her labor. And he'd get upset. He said, she's, she's just being irritable with me, and I don't like how she's talking to me. And I actually had to to take him out in the hallway in the hospital. I'll never forget this. I'm taking him out in the hallway and trying to handle him on being so upset with how she was talking to him while she was having contractions. And I thought, what in the heck is this guy going to do when this mom is up all night rocking her baby in a, in, a, in a rocking chair while it's teething and crying, and she's a little bit crabby the next morning, you know. I mean, these are, these are pretty pretty deep cracks in the relationship you know and and how do you how do you fix it you can't fix it like that with a quick fix you know and the other aspect of this is the fact that I I really begin to learn more about the fact that birth is not just a physical experience it's an emotional challenge Plus, it's a spiritual experience for whatever you have your personal beliefs on that. But there's a spirituality about birth that I became fascinated with and what, what kept me doing this for so long. I mean, if you have any idea what it's like to lose sleep for... I had six births in a row once, six. I don't know why everybody decided to have their baby on the same week, but I had no sleep for three nights in a row. And it, it makes you a little bit... It makes you a little bit wonky. That's all I can say, you know, where I, I walk into Starbucks after one birth and I just look around. Everybody's on their laptops and on their cell phones and they're typing away. And I, I walk in and I want to stand up on one of the tables and say, does anybody want to hear what I've just seen? You know, has anybody ever, it's like walking through a, a curtain, you know, between the real life and this other life where you walk in and you watch this baby being born and you see this new member of a family arrive in a way that it's it's like after 15 hours of, of of working with this physical challenge and then I'm privileged enough to be by their side and helping them out you know let me mention another really special birth story that that uh this couple was adorable they just they loved each other so much and all during her pregnancy he he would spend the evening and he'd put his hands gently on her tummy and he would talk to the baby. And he would say, hi, you know, I'm daddy and I'm welcoming you and I'm so excited to meet you and all this kind of thing. Now, you guys aren't going to believe this, but this is what actually happened at the birth. This baby was born and he was right there by his wife's side and they were just, they were just right there, you know. And this baby literally opened its eyes, and within a few moments was looking around the room, literally looking as if it was trying to find somebody. And all of a sudden, this baby looked at her father, and he picked her up, 
and held her in his arms, and he looked down at her, and this baby is looking at her father like, oh my God. And I have that. Oh, by the way, we've written a book. My amazing son and I have written a book. It's called The Birth Book by Heather Mall. And I think it's on page 149. I have a, an illustration of that baby looking into his father's eyes. And, you know, this is like a bigger-than-life kind of experience. You have to assume that these babies are live people, and they understand more than you realize. And there's, there's this, you have to, well, if you get the book, not, I'm not, done to, not trying to do a commercial, but it actually is in the book. And I'll never forget how that little, little girl was looking around the room, like, where's my daddy, where's my daddy, <clears throat> there's um there's a way to greet your baby that we we I realized that you, you never know for sure when a child really understands you or when your baby understands you you can't document or or it's not I don't know how to put it but you have to begin by assuming that there is a full person there in your arms and you talk to this baby as if he understands. It's just like that's the way it is. And you, you develop that habit very early, you know. When you bring your baby home from the hospital or the birth center or if you have your baby at home, you can bring your baby around the house and say, okay, this is your home and this is where we live and I'm your mother and I'm going to take good care of you and this is your father, this is your sister, whatever you want to say. But you constantly develop that habit of including your baby in a conversation that's educating them from day one and orienting them from that first day about who they are and where they are. And I'll never forget this one birth where this little baby was so, he was, he was all scrunched up like a little old man and he had his eyes shut and he was just like wincing and, 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 um, not not opening his eyes. He just would, he would, this baby would not open its eyes, and they were busy with the mom. And you know, I was holding the baby for a few minutes, and um, I remember holding this baby in my arms, and I said in a very quiet voice, "I said, welcome. You know, you have a brand new body here, and you're in Palo Alto, California, and it's okay, and you can open your eyes. You can open your eyes and look around. You know." And this little baby was so tense and so scared, and his eyes were so shut. And then finally, all of a sudden, he started opening his eyes. And he looked up at me, and I said, yeah, my name is Heather, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, and then I brought him over, and I introduced him to his mother and his father, and I said, this is your mom. Now, you can do this in front of anybody. They're not going to think you're too crazy, but hey, whatever, you know. It doesn't hurt. Don't be afraid to start talking to your infant in a way that treats him like a whole person, you know. And um, I introduced this baby to his mom and his daddy, and then, you know, and the, and the other thing that I'm commenting about that I learned being at all these births is when you, you assume that this baby is feeling things and understanding things and looking around and trying to get oriented, you don't move them quickly. You don't wrap them up like a sausage and wrap them up tight and you know, real fast. And, and I've seen babies just start crying in terror because they're not used to all that new sensation, you know. 
So anyway, that's just a tidbit of, of some of the things that I wanted to share with with my experiences. And I can call it wisdom. I tell people I was a midwife and they get all kind of, oh, wow, googie gaga, which is cute because I just kind of shrug and go, yeah, well, you know, I did it and it was a lot of work and I loved it and this is what it is. And But I want to also um, include a couple of things before I end off with this. Um, what did I learn from from my couples and my experiences as a midwife? What did I learn? And I learned that you trust the process. You trust the wisdom of your body. If this body has the wisdom to make a baby, don't you think it knows how to have a baby? Can you trust that process that it's going to be fine and normal and work out and it's not going to kill you, you know? I mean, it's, you know, I, I never saw anybody die. And it's going to be fine. But you have to be able to let go and trust the process that this body's going to have to do to get this baby out, you know? You can go to the supermarket and pick up an eight-pound bag of potatoes and say, okay, that's what I'm going to have to push out of my body, oh my God, and you can freak out then and there, but then you got to get over it, right? But the b biggest lesson I've learned is that there is a healthy, natural process that your body is going to have to go through in order to deliver this baby successfully. It's not going to make this baby and then destroy it halfway out. So I saw this process over and over and over again. <clears throat> and actually... There's the the little barriers, the little moments where you get hung up on something or something's a problem or or you got to work with that, but you but you figure it out based on the logic that this is a natural process and you're trying to get it to to completely move forward and don't do stuff to to interfere with that natural process. And I'm making this very simple. I'm sure there's exceptions and all the kind of other questions you may have. But however, you know, I want to just first focus on the simplicity and the basics. This is why I call this the birth basics or birth basics with Heather Mall. Our book, the birth book, is very simple. It's visual. It gives you the exact, exact step-by-step -step simple journey through a normal birth. It's a normal birth model. The second thing... What have I learned about men or birth partners? That's a very interesting one. Now, not all men should be at the, the birth of their kid. They just, they're not wired that way, and he shouldn't be assumed that he should be there. But he, it doesn't mean he doesn't care. But not every single man is, what's the word I should use? Um, it's not that he's not nurturing. It's just that it, it's not easy. And there was this guy in one of my classes, great, big, huge, pro football, celebrity kind of guy. I forgot who he was. But he walked up to me after one of the classes. And he, he looked around from side to side to make sure nobody was listening. And he said, i, I, I got to ask you a question. Can I ask you a question? Sure. He says, well, and the guy must have been about six foot five. I mean, he was a mountain of a guy. And he said, I can't stand the sight of blood. I'm afraid I'm going to faint. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I don't know if I can do this. 
And I looked at him. <laughs> she was so sweet. I was like, oh, my God, I totally understand. And so I said, okay. So we quietly talked about how to handle that and, and where to position himself in the delivery room or labor room and um, helped him out with that, you know. But that's an example of, of a guy who's going to need certain kinds of coaching so he can help, you know. And so we have these assumptions, you know. There, there's a whole section I'm going to do on handling pain in birth and, and, and you know, support and all that kind of stuff, you know, the warm fuzzies you need in order to get through this. And I do want to include helping the labor partners through their own doubts and fears and reservations, you know. And then as a childbirth educator, I found that I had to make it real, real, real simple and very visual. You have to see because a woman in labor is not going to remember what was said to her. She's going to remember what she saw. And so pictures are vital. Nonverbal education is also vital. And I learned that one day when I was teaching a class, one of many. And just for fun, because I had a very, very fun class going, and, 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 and uh, I had a guy stand up, you know. I said, well, why don't you stand up? And I, I gave him the doll and pelvis. I used a doll and a pelvis, a model size birth pelvis, right? And I said, I'd like you to uh, explain how, you know, what happens in a birth and how the baby, you know, goes down through the pelvis. And, and this was after six weeks of teaching once one night a week, this particular group. And he stood up and he looked at the, 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 the doll and then the pelvis and he, and he, he was saying, well, it's when the, the, um, the uh, uh, and he couldn't think of the word uterus. And I went, wow, okay, here we got it right here. You got to make the terms real simple and easily understood. You know, he didn't, he had a basic, a basic lack of understanding of the, the main muscle that's responsible for the entire labor process, the uterus, right? And so as a childbirth educator, I created a lot of visual games and visual interactive educational activities that I used to do because believe me, when you're in labor, mama, I mean, when you're in labor, it's not going to be what you heard. It's going to be what you see to get you through this. That's why the the birth book we have has a visual, um, whole visual, oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? You know, the visual uh, layout of, of all the, the, the dilation or the opening of the cervix, which is part of the uterus. Um, that she can look at during labor because you can say, well, you're six centimeters dilated. I mean, that sounds like whoopee, but what does that really look like and what does that really mean and how does that fit in the context of the labor process? So I, I learned that from long earlier in my career how important it is to have visual reinforcement and keeping it simple and then understanding the normal model of a normal birth and learning that first as the first thing you have to have in place. And then you can evaluate all of the information that comes at you from, oh, please don't look on the Internet too much, please. Oh, my God. There's stuff on the Internet that is going to make you spin. And I 
was looking something up. I remember, and, oh my gosh, it was like a half an hour later, past 16 commercials about what kind of diapers to buy. I, I still didn't get the answer to my question. Anyway, that's an aside. So as a childbirth educator, it was the love for the people and learning about how to, how to educate them on a fairly technical subject to make it simple so they remember it. And um, that's kind of what I'm beginning with, and I hope you've enjoyed this, and I, I love sharing it with you. And I'm going to be ending it now with welcoming you here, and I hope that you would love to hear our next one next week. I'm working on the topics now, and, and uh, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.